You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. I've just rinsed my mouth out with salt water. Are you telling me or are you telling them? Them and you. Right. Uh, I got I got like an ulcer underneath my tongue. You don't call them ulcers. What do you call them? Some people do. Canker sore. Yeah, underneath my tongue. It's killing me. It's so bad. Um, tonight, I'll probably take those Tylenol PMs. Or and as sleep. I said, I've decided no more curry for you. I'll just have to eat it all myself. Uh, so curry is actually um, <laughs> therapeutic because of the spices. It actually... And that wasn't our whole before the after the before the after the show discussion. He says it again. Type here, Cindy Hayes. They don't know what you're talking about. Before the after the show discussion was, of course, about um, being fat in this culture or being different in this culture, and how men are taught to be little jerks and to judge women by the looks of their body, good and bad. Correct. Because I encountered some young men this weekend, young boys who have already been taught to sit with their arms crossed looking at girls going, Oh, she's got a fat butt. Oh, she's kind of wide. Her legs are kind of chunky. Oh, she's good looking, but I don't like her face. Oh, look at her. She, she walks like an ape. Good impression of a nine-year-old boy. It, I'm, not, I'm not exaggerating. I'm te- If I had recorded it, you would say like, Oh, that is exactly how they were talking. And it made me just... Oh, I just... And then I looked around the whole room and I thought... Everyone in this room is like that. And everyone outside of this room is like that. Did you lose faith in humanity? Yes. Very nice. Okay, so... So that was our... <laughs> so now you need to, you know, pump it back up a little bit. Okay. So... This movie might have helped a little. I'll be honest. Yeah, and this makes things seem in- insignificant. Not that. My feelings are not insignificant. I'm just saying. So, uh... Thanks. It's Sunday, May the 1st. Ooh, May the 1st. May Day. Correct. What happens on May Day? We dance around a pole <laughs> in England. Oh, everybody! Everybody in the whole country is dancing around a pole yesterday. Something like that. Ribbons on a pole going around. Something. You have to look it up on Wikipedia. That's what we do on May Day. We're all insane. Well, go on Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> we also had a royal wedding this week. Cinco de Mayo is coming up. That's May fifth. Did you uh, watch the royal wedding? I, I did. I didn't. I watched a clip of it afterwards. Of this, the vows. That's the only. You know, I was a bit. Um, the royal wedding was because I'm going to put it out there. I don't care. So royal wedding was really nice. I really liked it. I, I, I like. I think British people know how to. This a certain thing about an, uh, an event like that. The British people. You saw how many people. Not turned, all British people. You saw how many turned out though. It was insane. Like. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that disappointed me was um, Elton John when he came into the church with his boyfriend. Like all the couples came in, you know, like you see Beckham and Victoria, and they were all like lovey-dovey and everything. Elton John and uh, his boyfriend. There was like a distinct gap between them. They didn't hold hands. They didn't put their arm around each other or nothing. It's kind of like they thought that that was inappropriate. I didn't, oh, like, right. I didn't like that very much. Even though they, you have no idea. They could have gotten a fight on the way over have, there. They could have, but I mean, they looked very, like, in public, we don't act like... We, we act, don't. You and I don't. No, I don't. We don't, but at these events, if you watch everybody who's coming in, and anybody, even, like, yeah, couples who couple look like they've been married for 50 years, they, they've got their arms together. Or, they all I get what you're saying. Even the Queen and Philip, who, you know, how, how long have they been together? They look like a couple. But Elton John and, uh, I forget, is David or somebody? I, 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 they just didn't look like a couple. It was really odd to me. 
like Unreas- unfair. You, you feel like there had been some coercion. Something like that. Somebody had said like that might not be appropriate for the world to see, like everybody, you know. Which I don't know. Maybe it was something I was reading into, but it seemed that way. So uh it is yeah, so happy um what'd you call it? Wedding. You're not saying that to me. <laughs> um I'm not being cruel, I'm just saying it's in the world it's not that big a deal. What are they now? The Duke and Duchess of which county? Don't know. Edinburgh? No, like no, 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 no. That'll be Fenwich or Codknuckle or <laughs> Hogwarts. <laughs> Did you know there are two kinds of queen? Do you know these things about the royal thing? Because oh, I had yeah. to look it up. Because I said, when he becomes king, will she be a queen? No. She will. But. She's called the queen consort. Yeah, exactly. And then the other way is the queen regal. So they do to call me, her queen. Unless you're the queen regal, you're not a queen. Yeah, but it's not up to you. She's actually a queen. Mm-hmm. But the queen's husband is not a king. Mm-mm. Interesting. He's just and then if that king, But He's then saying, if she's married to the king, the king dies, Actually, she doesn't just become queen regal. Then the son or the daughter or someone else becomes king. The queen's queen. husband, Philip, he's the duke of something. He was already, wasn't he? Uh-huh. Maybe not when they got married, but... No, he's the duke. He's, the, I mean, yeah, I don't, he's yeah. got a title, a royal title, is what I'm saying. He's not just... But he isn't the king, exactly. I like our system. you got a president and a vice president, and every four years one comes or goes. We have them as well. You don't have a president. I mean, we have a uh, prime minister and a prime minister's deputy, so you know we we have that too. We just have both. Anyway, off topic. So we're moving if the on. The prime to... minister got married. Do you really think everyone would care as no. much? Of course. No, we wouldn't have that kind of a wedding. No, of course not. Um, so it's Sunday, May the first, May Day. We go around a pole, and there's a wedding. We've been there. Um, been there, done that. And this is after the show number one hundred and seventy. Um, the movie we're looking at this week is The Way Back, and we're looking at the Blu-ray release. This is a 2010 movie, actually nominated for an Academy Award for makeup, best makeup. Uh, did not win though. Just because uh, they weren't making like goblins and shit. Those yeah, exactly. people who it's a, um, it's a. It was released on Blu-ray and DVD on the 19th of April 2011. It's from Image Entertainment, and we're looking at the Blu-ray release. And you're going to tell us what this movie is all about. It is, um, they say it's based on a true story, based on Inspired by event. real events, right. actually says. That's questionable, so look that up for yourself. But it is actually just a story of uh, some people who escape from a Russian... Gulag. Gulag in the 30s, late 30s, as communists began to spread across Europe and Asia, and how they... In the movie, they trek across thousands of miles slash kilometers. I don't know which is more or less. <laughs> I don't know Isn't kilometers. Four thousand miles. Right, but um, I don't know the kilometers. Which would were. be more kilometers than that? Be like. No, I think it's like two thousand kilometers. Right. Two miles per kilometer. See, I don't know. Whatever. I don't know. Communism hasn't taken over here yet, so I don't know those funny measurements. <laughs> So it's about them trekking across and the hardships that they endure. And it's basically just a man versus nature story. And it's man versus man, man versus nature, but... And man versus himself a little bit. It's got everything in there. It does. That's it. And it's actually interesting at the beginning. It's a National Geographic um, funded movie. Um, Which, when you watch it, you can kind of understand why. Kind of, sort of. Well, it does showcase the earth. In quite a way. I mean, I think so. Yeah. Anyway, the way back, um, what did you think? 
I, it's hard to say when you that you enjoy a movie like that, but yeah, I, it's not. That I did type get of a. I was enthralled. I was a little bit middle of the road as far as quality, and um, there's some questionable acting. We'll get to when we get to the cast or performance, whatever you want to call it. To me, um, okay. So I enjoyed. <clears throat> it's a great the story. concept. Yes, the concept and the. The scope of what you see, deserts and mountains, and just grasping the concept of a human being who it, it is possible. Actually, since that's happened, people have walked this trek, apparently. Actually, when they escaped from the gulag at the beginning and they were like, We have to get from here, we're in Siberia, which is obviously freezing cold and forests, and we have to get to this lake, um, you know, then we can like fish and we'll have some food, etc. A thousand miles away. <laughs> yeah. Now, that's only like a, a half of the journey. But getting to that lake was almost like a whole movie in itself to me. And mm-hmm. when they got to the lake, I was like, oh, well, there's probably not that much more to happen. But there was a lot to happen after that. So the journey's like insanely... Um, they really do make it feel like it was, it was a long way. So I felt the opposite. I felt like they'd only just begun. When they got right. to the lake, I'm like, wow, they got a long way to that's go. That's what I was... That's what I said. No, I mean... But you're saying you felt like that was a really long journey. I felt that that was a long journey also. Right. I mean, it felt like two big... Lo- it felt like three or four different journeys. Because, yeah, it's different places. You get to the it's lake, they go around the lake. And desert. Then they go, and, yeah, yeah, the different. desert and the... Um, oh. You could compare it to the uh, Lord of the Rings. It's walking, 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 walking. walking. <laughs> explain. In Clerks 2, Randall says... We don't have to explain. If oh, you're okay, a movie explain. buff, you probably... <laughs> Randall explains that he doesn't like Lord of the Rings movies because they're just walking. Just walking. And he does this funny walk. He's like, I'm walking, we're walking, we're walking. And this movie is just walking. There's a lot. That's it. They <laughs> it's just walking. 4,000 miles. And sometimes sitting down, but mostly walking. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes carrying, but mostly walking. Someone's always walking. That shouldn't be the written review. <laughs> But I don't want to sound neutral on it, because no. I liked it more than neutral. Actually, I liked it more Thanks. than neutral. But I do have a problem. Um, my problem, um, aside from get, when we get into the cast later, is I didn't like the editing of this movie at all. I felt like there was whole chunks missing. Like in, um, it, it was edited in a way, um, If you, I don't know if you noticed it, but they cut from one Can't thing... Can you tell by the blank look on my face that I don't know what you're talking about? Well, they did a, the editor, whoever it was, did a lot of quick cuts where it would go from a conversation between two people to who knows how long later. It could be three days later of them walking in a different place. Um, and there was a lot of these, like, just a couple of dialogue lines exchanged and then quick cut and we're in some other situation. It happened a lot and it felt disjointed to me. I felt like there was more character development, etc., that was chopped just to make... I don't know, it's quite quite long anyway. I mean, it's two hours, ten minutes. Um, I feel like it might have been a three-hour movie, but they had to keep trimming it. I didn't get that at all. Well, I felt go, like I if you're watching now, I think you would, because it was jarring to me. There was lots of it. None of that to me at all. I felt like I was right along. It's funny how different people can have a different... Um, Experience. I'm not, I'm not complaining about what you said. I'm saying I don't. I didn't. No, me neither. I'm just all. saying that's funny uh, because that was the problem I had with it, and I was like, I wish this was edited better. It just doesn't seem smooth. It seems like chop, 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 chop. I felt time. like I felt like it was 
Right, because I once we got going, I wanted momentum. I wanted to keep going. I felt like we got a long way to go here, people. Let's just. It's just the way it was done. Sometimes it felt like I wanted every scene. Sometimes to it felt know like they chopped they forward had... three days, and then so, then in the next scene, I felt like it went back, even though it didn't, because there, there's not a like a like the scenery changes too much, or you know, you're not. It doesn't exactly tell you where they are all the time. Sometimes you've got to be guessing at it, like, like, you it's know. Just moving forward. No, well, moving forward, yes, but who knows how long? Sometimes it's a night scene; they're eating around a campfire, and then they're really tired in the daytime walking. That might actually not be the next day; it might be four or five days, a week later, right? You don't know because there's no markers or anything. You don't know. That was one game. Oh, I don't feel like I wanted to be told at all. I figured I wanted as they they would explain. Um, right, but they don't. They don't explain how long it took ever. They do sometimes. He said, "Like um, it, you told us, we would get there a week ago." It's been yeah, but three if weeks. you if I said to you, "How long was the journey exactly?" There is none of that. I mean, oh, but not, I don't care. So I guess that's the right, difference. and I do. So yeah, I don't care at all. But I the, just want. But besides that, it definitely felt choppy to me, and I don't like that style of editing. But okay. maybe that's because you want to be told all the time where you are and what the time is. And so I don't pick up on this choppy thing because I don't want that. No, it's just jarred me a few times. I like to make mental notes when I'm watching a movie of what I don't like or what I do like. And that was what I didn't like. Uh, also, I didn't like some of the... <laughs> yeah. Some of the stuff. But, but um, aside from negative stuff, I did like the story. Um, how can you not, really? I mean, it's... Man- um, a triumph- I think when they tell you up front it's based on true events and this is what I had a problem with as I'm watching it I'm thinking to myself nah this is not based on true events there's no way that a story can be this dark and deep and this trying on a human being I mean yes we saw a guy cut his hand off and fell in the cave that's pretty dark and grim but this was more like someone took a nugget of a story or the possibility of a story of these people overcoming, first of all, complete and utter political oppression, and then them versus all, every kind of nature that can be thrown at you. Well, they are, if you think about that route and, and go and mark that route on a map, yes, you would go against every I'm single... I'm saying nobody took that route. That's what I'm saying. Right, right, right. I'm saying that I don't think that It's totally possible that you would take that route, though. I don't think that somebody did. I mean, read up a little bit about it. and I, I mean, did. But as I'm watching it, I'm actually feeling that. This is too much to be based on something that really happened. It's maybe pieces of other stories put together or something. And that glared back at me. So that kind of distracted me. And then I just thought, oh, screw it. Forget the true part. And just go along with it as an inspirational... It's the, I want freedom so desperately from oppression that I'm willing to do... And go to these links. Then I got behind it. Yeah, and I wanted um, uh, more scenes in the gulag at the beginning. I actually enjoyed the... um, Mm -hmm. uh, I can't say enjoy. I know. (laughs) But I like a prison... It was interesting. Yes. Really interesting. They could have made a whole movie. Yeah, exactly. Of them planning an escape, right? (laughs) Right. Um, But the escape was very abrupt. And... um, Yes, we got a feeling of what it was like to be in the gulag. They showed you that the work days were horrible and they were down the mine. It was horrible and they were chopping trees. It was horrible. They didn't really eat properly. People were going blind. Oh, they showed it, but I just felt like we left there a bit quickly. I would Mm -hmm. have liked a little bit more time there because they did go to a lot of effort to make that place look like it was supposed to look also. They Mm -hmm. built a gulag, which is, you know, it wasn't a set. It was a built one. So... 
I felt that was a bit br- abrupt, the way we got out of there. And then, obviously, they were being tracked by the, you know, oppressors. And that was knocked on the head fairly quickly, wasn't it? Well, reasonably so. It was the a dogs. blinding snowstorm, and then they got miles enough But they away. did let the dogs off, and the dogs never... Well, they would have just come back. The dogs could have died as well, couldn't they? Well, I think they would have just come back. They're not going to really get that... Stirred up about seven people. I did like when they made them wooden masks. Mm-hmm. That was awesome. Yeah. We should have a, we should so have if a... you're in a blizzard... Yep. ...and you've got a knife, cut some bark off a tree and wear the bark as a mask. Cut a couple eye holes. Yeah, and just and then... So your face doesn't freeze off. That was brilliant. Yeah. So, um... We learned some nature tips. Survival tips, like Survivor Man. What was that around their neck? They didn't, the mos- they, they, didn't say, no. they didn't say. They didn't say. It's aniseed. Yeah, nothing. Oh, they didn't say what it was. They just said. Oh, Maybe we could have told if we looked closer, but there yeah. were some nature. There were some outdoorsy tips in there for sure. There were. Yeah. Um, yeah. How to kill a snake. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think we all can figure that out. Cut us off. <laughs> yeah. They- how to cook a steak. How to cook a snake on a piece of rock out in the desert. That was kind of interesting. Though there's a lot. It's like. There's so much to this movie, when you really think about it. Every scene is actually packed full of something that kind of taps into you. They're dehydrated. They're starving. They're freezing. They're hot. They're tired. They're oppressed. They're being pushed down by the government. You feel uncomfortable all the time. All the, I said I got cold, and then I was feeling like, oh my god, and then the desert makes when, me feel just horrible. I was going to say, when we say it was um, nominated for Oscar for makeup, and then mm-hmm. the makeup effects, when they are in the desert and they're all burned. It's really good. Yeah, I felt like, oh my god, the other. I, I was thinking to myself, it must be horrible in the desert, right? Because of sand and just heat. But then also, you actually start to burn, and there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, you're cooking. You can't, you can't <laughs> cover it up with something. There's nothing. You got nothing, so you're just going to be like Ed Harris's makeup. He was just crisped up, basically, and getting more wrinkly as he went on it. And was, she looked really good, too. It, yeah. She was looking bad. She looked pretty good. So, um,. Yeah, it's the cat. What kind of movie would you say if you like to move other movies? Drama. Yeah, it's a drama, inspirational kind of story, you know. And it's not a feel-good movie of the year or anything like that. No, Maybe. I think a lot of people would overlook the escaping from political oppression part. I think that would just slip by them, like they don't really get and that's it the because actual they don't know about. Movie. World War Two. They don't know that the communism was spreading all over China and Mongolia and all these other places. All they would see are people walking a long ways and then escaping to freedom, kind of thing, you know. Yeah, but there's some really like. But it's dramatic. I think it's. And a these drama. people don't know the world's climate. I don't mean climate. I mean political climate. These people. So when they are thinking they're free and they get into different countries, those countries might not be as free as they think. See, it like, makes me want to study history. That's the one thing I do love about these movies. Because I think, I think to myself, okay, where is Mongolia, China, India, Russia, uh, Siberia all located? I'll admit it. I don't know the whole global map. <laughs> I should, but I don't. The funny thing about this movie is um, I played a video game last year called Uncharted 2 on the PlayStation 3. And... Uh, that actually takes place in most of the places they go to in this movie. It's like he did the same route. As How's that relevant to me not knowing where they are? Uh, well, I'm just saying <laughs> I learned a lot about the... Right. Do you know the guys who they come across? The uh, Mongols? They call yeah. them Mongols. Those guys. Those desert-dwelling guys. 
he comes across them in that game and they help him in that way like they give him water and they give you know that's what everybody says about Mongolia is, even yeah. when we watched Obi-Wan Kenobi go across with his friend on the bikes they were all they were like the most accommodating the down, people what was that called no that was called uh, Long Way Long Way, Home? Down. Long Long way, way Down right Obi-Wan yeah. Kenobi which was um, Ewan McGregor Ewan McGregor and Charlie his friend <laughs> something He's a famous dude too. Um, yeah. They did like a charity um, bike ride, a uh, motorcycle ride across all of Europe and China and it's Mongolia. Very, very. If I highly recommend. Oh, that. me too. It's yeah, a really it's good, a really good show. But that was one of the things. Another one this year. Mongolia was one of the most friendly places they'd ever seen humans be. So. Yeah, and this video game also had that same vibe, like that these people would do anything for you, and like. Maybe and we should go to Mongolia mo- for my next uh, an international outing. And this movie also had that vibe too. That's where they ate the bo- goat balls as well. <laughs> so uh, moving on to the casting, um, Colin Farrell plays Valka. Um, I like her. Colin Farrell generally. Um, didn't really like him in this. I felt, he felt phony to me. Yes, phony, like, like an American doing. He's not American. No, I know, but he felt like an American doing it to me, and that was really odd. I know Is he's that not... an insult to American actors? No, it's an insult to sometimes when I see American... Uh, mostly, most actors are American. When I in Hollywood movies and I see them doing phony accents. That's what it came across like. But he's Col- an Irishman doing a phony accent. Yeah, he so is. That's what it and is. And he's, <laughs> he's also an Irishman, Colin because he's like actually based in America most of the time. And he sounds Irish slash American to me now. So I guess that's why I see him as an American. Hmm, I disagree, and but I don't disagree. That he disagree he's a bit, with everything. I do not disagree with everything you say, except for that <laughs> and this. When it's you not say, a surprise. but you exaggerate. Jesus me, Christmas! You uh, disagree with everything I says. I don't disagree with every single thing you say. That is an exaggeration. It's unfair. End of <laughs> point blank. Period. Two, as that girl used to say. I'm just saying that didn't bother me at all. I don't pick up on it other than. Unless you want to claim that you now sound American and British, but you don't claim that, but I think that a little bit. I think Colin Farrell no, has a... He takes a caricature of what the person is, like this Russian criminal, hardcore, murderer, psychopath guy, and then kind of plays on that instead of coming at it from like a person in that situation. He had a lot of over-the-top I moments. Didn't, I didn't think that at all. I thought um, the character was fine. Yeah, the but he fine. didn't portray it so well. Um, That's what I'm saying. No. Um, the character of a crazy Russian um, criminal guy is ex- very interesting. I mean, he's a murderer, right? He murders somebody in the beginning scenes, right? Well, I wasn't going to tell him that, but... Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, but the rest of the time, he didn't seem as bad as he did at the Exactly. He doesn't come off as like threatening... It- yeah, yeah, like a tiny little bit, but then he was almost like a pussycat at one point. Like he, he like redeemed himself completely. Like it, it was. Hmm, I disagree with that. Um, of course, of course, because I think you're actually wrong on that. But I think he just. I mean, they couldn't keep that kind of intensity tuned up through the whole thing, could they? He can't kill seven people and then be on his own. <laughs> so for this, another reason why it's not based in my mind. I also on a true didn't. Story. I didn't agree with his. Um, how he uh, is is finality part. Oh, well, yeah. Well, we won't talk about that. But I'm not talking about it, but I'm saying I didn't really like that uh, plot line either. But that's not to do with Colin Farrell. No. Right. I'm talking about... We're talking about K. 
cast, right? So right, but I was just. I feel like he distracted me more because I'm thinking of him as an actor being this guy than other people did really. Ed Harris had a couple of overly dark-ish moments. So let's go to Ed Harris, who plays Mr. Smith. Um, he's just playing. He's just Ed brooding Ed Harris. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but pretty good actually yeah. in the parts where he was really down and out almost. Yes. They were my favorite parts where he really couldn't function properly because of dehydration and stuff. I feel like he's just too intense sometimes, but I think his character had some reasons to be. Every reason to be. That his character was sure. probably the most reason to be. I mean, I don't know. We don't know the others, all their stories, but... No, but we knew quite... They told you a bit about him. He's yeah. actually an American. Um, who, so he didn't have to do an accent of any kind. And if you're a com- communist, don't really care where you're from. They just... If you're not... What they if you're are, a foreigner, you're, you're in the um, yeah. in the camps. So um, Jim Sturgis plays Janus. I don't. I've actually heard of Jim Sturgis before, but I um, didn't know what he'd been in. And then when I did look at what he'd been in, it was nothing that I'd ever watched across the universe. Who was he? The main guy, Janus. Oh, all right. Um, a British guy. He's actually from Manchester. Janus, um, I think so. Yeah. Um, he was okay. In fact. He might have been the best out of them. But his character had the most meat and potatoes on it, I think. And a lot of meat and potatoes, but I think the other people, including the girl, all were the best of the movie to me. I liked him a lot, though. I mean, and he, he did lead the, lead the party, if you get what I'm saying. Yeah, he had lots of opportunities, though, to be a little too... Yeah. Like with the, uh, yeah. <laughs> that look that he came up... I mean, I don't know. I've never been in that situation, but... You know the part where they were all in the cave, and then he's like, "I gotta go and see where the lake is. I'll see you in a few days." And then he come back like, "Oh, that part didn't sit right with me either." It's like, like if you're gonna go, like send one person off to look or whatever. They didn't send him. He just went. Or, or you know, or you're just gonna go off to look, and it's three days. You know, you have to walk a long way or whatever. Like I'll go because you. It's like <laughs> you've got to go and come back, right? It's way. It's like he might never make it back. But that was the idea, though. They're safe in the cave, and they have the opportunity for food. I know the idea. I just didn't like the. um... Right, but that makes more sense than. And if this was true, and that's what happened. But the question was: Are we even going in the right direction? So why should we all go and risk our lives anymore when we're actually safe here? Yeah, but yeah, but like if this one guy goes off, and then he goes. He gets to see. He gets. He's like, oh yeah, we are going in the right direction. And then he heads back, and he can't get back because he's like exhausted and dies. Then they all go. Oh, he never came back. We must be going the wrong way. Which way do they go? They still don't know which way to go. Didn't solve nothing. Just killed the guy. Right. That was the logic. Was I am still behind the logic, to be honest. <laughs> well, what? I, you're behind that logic of like the guy goes. He, dies and then they still don't know where yeah, to go. Yeah, because why all go and possibly die when you could all mostly stay and be safe? Then what do you do next? Do you all go in one direction or do you all split up and one no. of you survives? We don't know because that's not how the story went. <laughs> so, um, I don't know how you say her name but her second name is Ronan. Ronan? She's an Irish girl. Oh yeah, I don't know either. Nominated Sorry. for an Academy Award Sorry. or she won the Academy Award for Atonement with Kira Knightley. Um, and this is the second movie she's been in. I've never seen that one. No, um, it won the Oscar that year. Um, 
But she was really she good. She was good, yeah. I mean, she's a young girl, and this is a pretty tough role for a young girl. And it's pretty interesting how they meet her and stuff. Um, I didn't expect yeah, yeah. a female to pop up at all, even though I'd... No, I didn't... You know, I was thinking I'd seen her on the cover, but no, I haven't, because I haven't looked at it that closely. Right. She could have been anybody with a... She's got a thing yeah. on her head. So, um... I thought she was good. She was one of the best parts. Yeah. Um, and interestingly, uh, Mark Strong is in here also. Um, he's cropped up in a lot of things recently. You know, he's got one of Guy Ritchie's um, dudes. Recently? I was just thinking I hadn't seen him for a long time. You saw him in Kick-Ass as the bad, the bad guy. You it's saw been a him long in... Time. Um, Sherlock Holmes, you're going to see him in the new Sherlock Holmes, you saw him in Revolver, you saw him... <laughs> These are all, like, really long time ago. No, I don't think Kick-Ass was a long time ago, it was about six months ago. Yeah, I th- you said recent, I thought you meant, like, in the last couple months, but no, we haven't. No, we've Not seen, that I've seen, seen him more and more. Um, we saw, I saw him in something else as well. I like him, he had moments of being a little... I thought he was crappy. Extra rushy. I thought he was crappy in this. I don't I think he was crappy at all, but... I didn't like the Russian accent from him, I thought his was worse than... Farrell's. Um, or Farrell's. Um, no, I didn't really like him in it. I um, like him. I really like him, but, I, you know, I didn't really like him in this. It's kind of weird. I don't know um, what the director... I don't know. I think the casting was a little... Because for me, I like the story, right? But, like, anything that was bad about it, it was to do with the cast. Mm, pretty so, much. You know, so... Well, like, and your editing issues. Yeah, uh, but I did like the direction and going on to the director, Peter Weir, who also directed one of my favourite movies of all time, The Truman Show. Um, he, also direct, he also did De- Dead Poets Society, Master and Commander, all great movies. Um, all very man-centric. Mm. Master and Commander, not one single woman, Truman Show about one dude, but Dead Poets Society is about all boys and a male teacher, and this one is all men except for the one chick. Yeah. I'm just saying. I don't know what you're getting out there, but... I'm not getting anything. I'm just pointing out. Um, I liked the direction, actually. I think he's a good director. And I love... Yeah, but shouldn't you fault some of that editing thing you don't like? I don't think that's the director, is it? That's the editor. Unless he edited it. Yeah, but he would have final say. He could say, oh, this seems choppy to me or whatever, so... Sometimes they don't, though, do they? They leave it to the... I think he does. What are you pointing at? They leave it I'm to, pointing to his head, oh, not to his name. <laughs> they leave it to the editors. I'm not sure about that. Well, the editing in Truman's show, Master and Commander, and Dead Poets Society is spot on, so... I mean, I can't think of a more perfect editing job than the Truman show. This is awesome. That's what I'm saying, so I don't know if it, he's responsible for the editing. Maybe he wasn't on this movie. Or maybe nobody else thought it was a problem except for you. <laughs> I'm telling you, watch it. And I, I, I have an eye for filmmaking and editing and sound design. Incidentally, sound design in this movie was excellent. It was good. Um, because, sound, it was like you were, around, yeah, you were surrounded the, by wind and shit. Of all light. the different elements, like um, there was a sandstorm, um, which, you know, it, was in, it really sounded like... You felt like... like yeah, like you wanted to. <laughs> and the... At the beginning, when they're in the gulag and it's they're in the the cabins and it's nighttime and the wind's whistling around outside, it's really whistling yeah. around you. So sound design was great. Just editing, it was just a little bit off for me, and I pay attention to that. So I like technical aspects of film. I always do. I like it. I, I like looking at like what lens they use and the focal depth and all that stuff. And some people overdo it, and some people don't. You know. Um, and I don't think he does uh, cinematography. He's pretty straight up. Yeah, yeah, very straightforward. Yeah, but then again, there is some... If you think about it, 
There's also some amazing shots, helicopter shots, all kind of shots in this movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, showing off planet Earth, basically. That's why I say National... It's not no surprise National Geographic have the name stamped on, because it shows these countries. Sometimes it's not the country they're showing, because yeah. they said in the extras, they might not have been able to go to the country they're trying to represent, but they got one that was similar, which is kind of interesting. But, um, yeah, Peter Weir's good. This isn't his best movie. No. To uh, us. To me, no. No, not at all to me. I like Master and Commander a lot better. I like The Truman Show the best. Dead Poets Society, um, I know people love it, but I never raved... It was never one of my favourite... I kind of thought it was alright. You know, I didn't really get what all the fuss was about, kind of thing. It was never one that resonated with me. Right. Was it with you? Yeah, I loved it. Loved it. Like... I love the concept of a teacher who's inspiring kids to not just be part of the mould and grow up to be oppressed by their parents' ideas. Yeah, but it's not super unique. There's lots of movies like that. Yeah, that was really good. It was, but I... I this, Like, I thought Finding Forrester was better. A similar type of movie. Have I seen Finding Forrester? I don't know. I don't know. But, yeah. I... I I'll, anyway. Dead Boys Society, Oscar winning, all that kind of stuff. To me, it was... Um, I'm, I got nominated for several Oscars. I um, Well, you just disagree with everything I say. So, DVD extras uh, in this one, The Way Back, um, only has two extras. One's Not a, enough. One's a trailer, um, the theatrical trailer, um, which I don't think is an extra these days. <laughs> no, absolutely Unless not. you're a completist and you want the trailer. Um, and it does annoy me when they leave the trailer off. No. It does to me if I want to... Like Tron, there was no, tra- there was no theatrical trailer section on the Tron movies. It had all this stuff, tons and tons of stuff, but they didn't put the trailer. I mean, it's for free, basically, the trailer, isn't it? It's already made. You can put it on there. They just didn't. But yeah, the trailer's on this. And then there's like a 30-minute behind-the-scenes... What's it called? The Journey of the Journey. Yeah. Um, And it was... It was good, but it wasn't... confirmed to me, because the whole time as I'm skeptical about this being a true story, and I'm thinking, if we're in the end of this, and we see the extras, and they start talking to the actual dudes... Showing the real... Or they show the dudes, or they show the track, or they show some newspaper clippings, or they show some history books, or they interview the grandchildren, or something. Or they show a museum where these people are honored. Anything like this at all to confirm to me that I'm wrong. They mentioned nothing of it. Like, not even one thing and about I said, it being... I said, your other extra is Wikipedia. Go and look at it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I did, and that's where my, more of my skepticism was confirmed. If you're interested in seeing how the film was made... Yeah, yeah, and it's interviews, good. It's good. Yeah, yeah, very good. It even shows you all the, on, all the on-location stuff, how they did it. And they did a lot of it on location, which was interesting. It was not all soundstage, even though some of it was. They weren't on location on those places. But, no, but yeah. they were out in, in a field. desert, yeah, on yeah. a mountain, in yeah. the snow. <laughs> yeah. And it looked, you know, and then when any actor says, oh, it was tough, I, I'm always thinking, well, when you're dealing with a movie like this, you, even Colin Farrell said that you can't really say this is tough. Compared to what you're trying Compared to portray. To what, yeah, yeah, but a couple of them did say it was tough. And then you kind of roll in your eyes. Like when we're watching 127 Hours and, 
Green Goblin guy or whatever his Franco. name is. Franco. Franco is James Dean. Is, you know, like, he doesn't complain, but you get the borderline of him kind of being a little whiny. I have to sit in this soundstage Exactly. Like I have to months. stand here with someone feeding me all day, and I have to bring a book to read because I'm bored, and I'm in here all alone, and I'm thinking, there was a real dude <laughs> in the bottom of a real thing who really got his and arm off. And he stood off. next to you on the set. <laughs> exactly. He's right he here. on the set. He's right here with his little stumpy arm yeah. going like, dude, seriously? How much are you getting paid for this movie? <laughs> so, yeah, it kind of rolls around in your head a little bit. But yeah, it's a good extra. It's just not enough because this movie's prime for for me for all kinds of things. Um, like you say about the, about the real events, all if I there care were real about, events, yeah, and that's why and I a, think they and didn't. A, and an actual, I'd like a commentary. There's enough people here to talk about this movie. You know, this is no an comments. ensemble kind of cast. There's a lot of people who could get in the commentary session. There's not really anything, so it's, that's a shame. Cause I don't. I, I think I was satisfied because they didn't confirm it was a real thing anyway. So what could they have said? They could have said, well, there's actually a book written, but it's written by a guy who we discovered isn't called, the real guy. What's the guy. book called again? The Long Walk? I think something like Long Way. Maybe something like that. No, but like, the Long Walk. The dude who wrote the book, didn't re- this didn't really happen to him, and someone else claims that that guy was writing about him, and then how do you, where do you confirm all this? So base, best to say it's roughly based on true events. Inspired by real events is what it says on the front yeah. cover. They don't say this is a true story ever. But what are the real events? Like, there really are mountains in Tibet? Yes. <laughs> There's really a desert? Yes. If you don't drink, you'll die of people, thirst. Exactly. People have died in that desert? <laughs> yes. There was communist Russia taking, and communism was spreading across the globe? Yes. There was concentration camps in Siberia? Yes. So you're right. It's just got some real events in there. Yeah. So, um, yeah. In, in conclusion, this movie, I enjoyed it. I can't say enjoy. It's one of those movies. I don't want to experience it over and over again. No, it's a good movie experience though for me because I was really there. I was really sucked into it, and I was really not knowing what was going to happen. You know, the ensemble thing. Let's be honest; you always know somebody's not going to make it to the end, and I was compelled by that more than just like okay. You know, I say like movie. I, I, you know, and, and there was an artist in there, so that always got me a little tweaked my interest. Some weeks when I say, "Oh, this this movie would be great for everybody," I disagree with this one. I, don't, I, did, I don't think it's for everybody. I think a lot of people would be bored. Yes, and that was the exact word I was going to use. But not us. I'm no, not me. I felt endurance almost. Which I was supposed to. Yeah. Like, I felt like... Okay, but a good kind. Yeah, yeah. This could... This, um... Ordinarily, some people could be bored by this. Because, yes, it's walking from one place to another. It, essentially, with yeah. some obstacles in the way. Which is essentially what Lord of the Rings is. No, no joke, <laughs> yes, that's what it is. This one just doesn't have giants and goblins and no. hobbits and shit. So, this could be less interesting than that to some people, right? But how many times, truthfully... Did you act, I'll say for myself, there were many times when I put my own mind to think to myself, oh my God, could I, would I drop dead right there? Yeah, every time time the um, terrain changed, I thought to myself, oh, maybe I could handle this forest. It seems all right. And then the next place is like a, a desert and I'm like, this desert looks ridiculous. I don't even think I can stand to be in a desert for five minutes with the 120, right. 130 degrees. But then you think, could I Could I actually? Like how... Yes, I'm going to get dehydrated and stuff. And like how long will it take me to just conk out and say, I'm just going to lie yeah. here and die? Yeah, and if, yeah, if, you, <laughs> if you did fall over and you felt like you couldn't go on, would you just, in your real honest truth, could you just allow yourself to lay there and die? 
and basically cook to death or freeze to death, could you just give up? Would you? And unless your leg was broken or you literally you had your feet were so bloodied from whatever, like you physically couldn't move. If you could actually move, but you just could, you just your mind was given up. Well, you know what it's like when you're absolutely exhausted and you can barely. Right, but my life is never. It's never a case of. Oh my god! If I do lay down right now, I'm gonna die. It's never like that. It's never like I better keep moving. So I did have that thought, and I think that's what endears me to this movie because it puts that in my mind a bit. And uh, on a on a separate note, whenever I see a movie with people trekking through the desert, and I mentioned this before, (laughs) yes. No matter how serious, heartbreaking, whatever it is, <laughs> I can't get the image of Chevy Chase with his shirt over his head. His pants. Like, with his pants over his head going, um, in my mind it's his shirt over his right. head. So, uh, like like if I took my shirt off and wore it on my head. Um, just kind of going a bit loopy as he's walking over the uh, sand dunes. I can't get, you know, from, it's from National Lampoon's Vacation. Just rambling on to himself and then he I can't, trips And really pocket. sweaty under his armpits. I can't get the, um, can't get that out of my head. <laughs> Even if it's super serious and I'm, I, I understand and I'm, and I'm kind of upset by what's going on, he is there with, with it. You think he's looming somewhere behind the dunes. He's over in that part of the desert roaming yeah. and looking for his family still from the 80s. So no matter whatever movie it is, if somebody's thirsty, there's a mirage or it's the desert, that's always going to happen in my mind. So that actually brought a bit of a lightheartedness to that. that and, and you should not be in a lighthearted mood during that part of the movie. No. <laughs> So yeah, that's right. funny. So um, yeah. In conclusion, it's a hard one to recommend, but I recommend it to people who are like us and sort of understand the drama, the if endurance. You enjoyed 127 hours, and it's hard to say you enjoyed that movie also. But if you get it in a, on a level you where you start like, challenging yourself to like the circumstance, then this true is, or not true, this is a similar type of experience. Yeah. Not as gruesome. <laughs> Not really. Gruesome, I mean, it has its moments. But So um, thanks to Image Entertainment uh, for the Blu-ray and uh, contest. See the site for details. Next week's uh, Blu-ray... Contest? Re- what does that mean? What? You're, not giving, you're giving away this movie? No. So what does that mean, contest? Go and win a... I have a contest on aschoolie.com. I say it every week. I know, but what does that mean? You give away this week's DVD? No, just uh, whatever it is when you go there. Okay, just random DVDs. Yes. Okay, just what ask it, it. Whatever it is. Because I think if I was listening, I wouldn't know what That's you're That's why talking I say about. see the site for details. Oh, that clears it all up. Right. So next week's uh, Blu-ray uh, review will be Skyline on uh, Blu-ray. Um, I believe the special effects are brought to us by the people who did Avatar. So I'm interested in that. Um, what were you on at Skyline? I have no clue what it is or what it's about, so it's good. I'll just keep it that way until I watch it. All right. So, uh, Skyline. <laughs> you know how I am. <laughs> Movie recommendations for this week. I am going with two of my favorite concentration camp movies. Da-da-dum. And, uh, favorite? Everybody's going to have a favorite concentration <laughs> camp movie. Um, my first one is The Great Escape, obviously. It's an awesome movie. Have you seen The Great Escape? I don't believe so. Uh, it used to be on TV every bank holiday in England, and it <laughs> probably still is. And as a child, my granddad loved anything war or, you know, concentration camp, that kind of, <laughs> any of that stuff. World War Two, World War One, whatever. Um, so when The Great Escape was on, 
It you was watched on. it with your granddad. Even when my granddad didn't exist anymore, I watched <laughs> The Great Escape. You know what I mean? It was yep. always a favourite. My grandma always turned The Wizard of Oz on on a bank holiday. Yep. Um, I watched that also every bank holiday. But yeah, one of them that stuck with me was The Great Escape. So, And the other one... The Great Escape's kind of a light-hearted um, concentration camp movie. It's kind of funny. Right. You've seen it. I've not. You just asked me and I said I don't think so. I mean, so. you've seen clips. You know it. You've, no, I don't really, actually. It's... It's not Schindler's List or anything like that. What I'm saying is it's it's kind of fun. And it's a weird subject to be fun, right? Like Hogan's Heroes? Yeah, almost, yeah. Wow. Yeah, okay. it's, it's, it's funny, it's... It takes a break for them just to like play a sports and it's like rivalry and it's and then they all have to band together to escape. It's but it's British and the Yanks they call them the Yanks. You know it's all this. So the concentration camp isn't that bad. It is not that bad at all. I thought to myself when I, every time I've watched it, like, okay, they are prisoners. There's barbed wire and so stuff. So later when you were growing up and people were talking about how horrible the concentration <laughs> camps, you're like. That bad? Haven't you seen the Grease Game? I was like, you can trade cigarettes with each other. It's awesome. Because that was like, well, mm. your mind was poisoned. So <laughs> when you saw Schindler's List, you were like, holy shit! Yeah, that's bad. Yeah, yeah. This is more like a fun concentration camp if they could be such a thing. Um, anyway, the other there one couldn't. So there you go. The other recommendation is Cold It's. Um, Cold It's uh, wasn't actually a movie; it was a TV series in England. But um, it was about Cold It's Castle, which was. A castle convert, uh, in Nazi Germany converted into a concentration camp. Oh, right. And it was the story of the prisoners who was actually eventually escaped there. Um, but this one was deadly serious and not fun at all. But uh, I really enjoyed it. It's another thing I can't really say enjoyed. Right. But if you like escape kind of things, and I really do because I like heist movies and I've, I see escapes as the same kind of thing. Shawshank Redemption, though, kind of a letdown for you because you didn't get to see the planning and plotting on that. No, but I do like Escape from Alcatraz with Clint Eastwood because um, you do see the plan on that one. Is that another recommendation? No. So, um, yeah, well, I would recommend it, yeah, but I'm only having two. In mine are an obvious one, but Gulag from the 80s, I believe. If I'm not mistaken, early 80s, maybe. Another fun concentration camp. And it's on the tail end of uh, communism... Um, they say communism fell communism still exists so I think just that it as a communism overpowering spreading thing over the globe kind of came to an end there and you know but Gulag and then um, my other one is and this is only because I watched it the other night um, in the middle of the night and it was uh, Boris Kar- Karloff and I was just like I was I had the TV on okay I was at work but it was late at night I was totally by myself completely for twelve hours and I was doing some other tasks where it's kind of you're tippity typing and putting in codes and this and that and checking this and that and all like you know over here and I heard a voice and it was the Grinch the guy from the Grinch you know Jim Carrey no no that's not the Grinch Jim Carrey is the Grinch yeah but not really the real Grinch right from the original oh. and it was like you know. You're mean. Not that voice. The talking. Boris Karloff. And I was like, what is this? And I went over and turned the volume up. And it was this creepy movie of a dude. It's like from 19... Late 50s. You know, it looked like 30s and 40s, but it's actually late 50s. Sounds like one of them Hammer Horror movies. He was driven... I missed the beginning. And then I kind of missed the middle. And I only barely got a bit of the end. So I want to watch it again. But the parts that I saw... He wanted to figure out 
how to do painless surgery, that the body can be done, you, know, you can do things to the body and not have the person suffer in the meantime. This was before. It was kind of loosely based on true events because it's in honor of the dude who came up with the gas to put the anesthetic thing, you know, to put you asleep while somebody can cut you open, take out your heart, put it back, and you're not laying there, like, screaming in bloody pain. So, um, I mean, it's, it's like an old-timey setting, you know, time things. But it's got the gruesome elements, a little bit of Frankenstein-y, because you got, like, some dudes bringing him bodies to test on or something, and then you've got, like, his questionable ethics where he sees a person who needs medical care, but wouldn't it be better if I could cut into them and maybe practice, give him some of my gas and, you know, even though he's torn and tormented. And then these people around him are like real chancers, you know, opportunists, like, I can bring you bodies. You know, they're all British, got that cockney Oliver Twist thing going on. (laughs) Is it like Sweeney Todd times? Yes, yes, yes. With the top hats and the ascots and all that kind of stuff and it was just really compelling and i wanted to watch it solidly but of course i couldn't so i just caught the bits of it so it's called corridors of blood <laughs> there's a lot of those um it's not hammer horror it's just well Karloff did quite a, a few of them and christopher lee and vincent price they did a lot of that stuff there's a load of those weird it's good it's actually i mean it's real um it's got some solid stuff from he's older as well in it so I highly recommend it. Corridors of Probably Blood. Probably from the 50s, though. It's 58. I right. said, Corridors of Blood. <laughs> so, yeah, to- that had loads to do with the way back. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, games and A-Scully we'll stuff. find a connection. Games and A-Scully stuff this week. This week I've been playing the Gears of War 3 beta. I've played it so much, my uh, thumb actually uh, is blistered, interestingly enough. Um, the beta's on for four weeks, and... We're going into the third week now. Today is the third week. Um, Excuse me. All I can say is, if Gears of War... I mean, we're it's not out till September. And this beta... It doesn't feel like a beta. It feels like a final thing to me already. It doesn't feel um, broken or... It doesn't feel anything wrong with it, to be honest. It feels like a polished product. Um... I'm really enjoying it. And what's really cool about it is um, it's got a full XP system in the beta even. And the beta is just four maps and four game modes. But it's got this full XP system that if you complete all the challenges, and I've completed most of them, just got like ten more games to play or whatever in the next two weeks, you unlock stuff that carries forward to the full game when it comes out. So you get like extra characters that nobody else will have if you took place in the beta and extra weapons, skins for your weapons. I like how they've done that, because it encourages you to play the beta and give it some testing, do you know what I'm saying? Not anything that benefits yours, though. Just visual, really. Okay. like like Because um, that doesn't seem fair. Different characters. And the thing is, because they made it slightly hard to get them, like, you have to you have to play 100 matches in the beta. In the Thus beta. the blister. Yeah. <laughs> you have to play 100 matches in the beta. Now you think, oh, 100 matches, that's not... Not too much, but it's probably 20 hours worth of play. Sounds like a lot to me. Right. So, um, Is the blister worth it? I've enjoyed every 20... You know, I've enjoyed it a lot. And I started off thinking, I don't really like Gears of War multiplayer. I said to you, um, this isn't like um, Call of Duty. It feels really clumsy, like I can't aim or whatever. Now I'm getting like 21 kills in a game, so it was just a, t- a case of getting used to it. Because um, it is a very different game. It's slower than Call of Duty. 
It's less precise. How do you get your brain to swap back and forth like that? It's quite hard sometimes, especially when you've been playing one game that has a control scheme and then the next game's control scheme on the controller is the, the fire button's in a different place or the crouch button's in a different place. You find yourself for sometimes a whole day pressing the wrong button and going, no, well, I'm not playing that game, you know. But um, I recommend the Gears Beta and it is open to anybody now. Um... But you do have to go and pre-order on GameStop. Um, but this is what I so just anybody can't get in. No, well, yeah, anybody. No. You gotta or you gotta buy the game. You gotta put five dollars down at GameStop. But this is what I did, and I'm not endorsing this. But this is what I did. Maybe you shouldn't tell them. No, I'll tell them. I went to GameStop. <laughs> Someone told you, I guess. I went to GameStop. I pre-ordered Gears of War three. They don't charge you till the day it ships anyway, which is in September. They. Within two days, I got the email code for the beta in my uh, inbox, in my Gmail. I entered it in, got into the beta, and then I went and cancelled the pre-order. Nothing. They don't cancel the be- the key because the key's already... How did you cancel it? Because you're going to buy it. Well, I wasn't. They didn't want to buy it from there. I already had oh, some credit right. with Amazon. Right, so. right, right. So I basically... I mean, they didn't say you can't cancel it. Maybe they do now. <laughs> it worked for me anyway, I'm just saying. Yeah. And I didn't have to pay a penny. Because they don't charge you until they ship it, so... You won't even have to pay for it anyway. I mean, you'll be buying the game, so you're paying for it anyway. Exactly, and you shouldn't be paying for a beta anyway, right? I mean, That's what you're, I'm saying. You're testing the you game. You shouldn't be held captive by one retailer over another. No. That seems ridiculous. And I didn't want to buy it at GameStop because they're more expensive. Amazon's always cheaper and they've got a $20 credit thing. I told you. So that's why GameStop wanted to rope you in. For the beta, yeah, because they got exclusive access to the beta. Yes, it will get them more pre-orders. And then there'll be people like me who cancel the pre-order, but then there'll be people who forget and it ends up shipping anyway, right? So... I don't know. It's a weird thing, isn't it? All this exclusivity crap. Yes. Um, but anyway, I do enjoy Gears of 3 beta. And you know what? In two, in two weeks when it's gone, I think I'll be like withdrawals on it because then you can't launch it anymore and even play it. Like So you have to wait till September. Um, the other game on the other end of the spectrum that I played this week was uh, Thor, God of Thunder. Now, there is a movie, a Mar- the new Marvel movie, Thor, coming... Well, it's, I think it's out this Friday. Um... What did I say to you about the game? It was crap. I mean, it was horrible. Like, um, <laughs> I know movie games are often shit, right? Because they just have to force out a game, like, you know, shitting out a game. Like Batman Ark Asylum. Which was awesome. Right. <laughs> that is a... That is a exception. Exception to the rule, yeah. Well, there is no movie Batman Arkham Asylum, first off. It's not a movie game. That's true. It's just a Batman game, right? True, true. I'm trying to think of a good movie game. Spider-Man you liked. Kinda. Yeah, but it wasn't the movie. It, was, it wasn't based on True. the movie. True, those are comic book movies. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's really hard to recommend. It's, uh, Chronicles of Riddick was a good oh, yeah. game based on... A really good In game. In fact, game. the game was better than the yeah, movie. Yeah, I think it was, yeah. I think it was. So, yeah, there's one. And it's an, it's an exception to the rule. Thor, not only are the graphics horrible, it looks like a PlayStation 2 game. It's on the Xbox 360. Harry Potter games were all right. Yes, they were. Yeah. yeah. This looks like a PlayStation 2 game. Seriously, it's horrible. It, I was like, oh, is this really what it looks like? I thought it was just a cutscene. But then when it transferred to the game, it still looks PlayStation shit. PlayStation 2 games don't look horrible. They do when you compare them to something like a, a new generation So you PS3. can't just appreciate it for what it is. Well, it's on the 360, right? It's supposed to be a new... It's not supposed to be a shitty... It's a $60 game. Um, 
Secondly, the gameplay is just shite. It's like... Press buttons. Uh, it's a, a mashing thing. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, like you, you stood there as Thor. Stuff comes at you. You press the button. Right. That's literally it. The entire time. There's no levels or getting through anything. Or... You're going from A to B. It's like an old school... Here's a, here I am. Here's some stuff. Once I've killed it, I can go to the next place. You press... To go to the next place, you don't walk to the next place. You press a button, and then you're in the next place. More stuff comes, you fight it, go to the next place. Maybe there'll be a cutscene with some talking. It's just bad. I get you. It's just a really bad movie game. You'd be crazy. Even if you're the biggest Thor fan in the world, you would be crazy to pay $60 for it. It is that bad. And I don't... I normally try and find the good in games. And I play for 30 minutes... (laughs) And I knew this Is that was, fair enough? Yeah, I, 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 it totally is. I mean, it, I don't think it's going to become Batman Arkham Asylum all, all of a sudden. It's just, that's what it is. It's just shit. Um, then don't talk about <clears> it anymore. And I said to... It's just shit. I said um, on Twitter, like, what the hell, Sega, you should be ashamed of yourself. Like, it's... Yeah, but think about it. Maybe you're not their audience. The audience is people who like... Not people, kids. Kids who like a really shitty game that's boring. Kids, they don't think it's shitty, though. If they can just kill all the stuff and get through it. It's, I don't want d- a difficult game. It's so much better kill all the stuff. No, it's, it's quite difficult. Also. Yeah, it's not easy. There's a lot of combos to learn and stuff. It's like A-A-A-B, A-A-A-C. It's like a fighting game at heart, but it's... No, it's shit. That's enough of that. Sims Medieval <laughs> patch. Oh, have you been playing that? No. Oh, right. I have been playing that. So, The Sims Medieval on the PC has had patch number three this week, which fixes some... Well, actually adds some new stuff. What does it Fix the things that I was talking about that I would prefer to be able to... They've made it into, like... They made it into, like, this dollhouse mode, which is ridiculous, where you can't... You're in a building, but you can't swoop around yourself. Like, in Sims 3, you're... There's 360 degree everything. You can zoom in, zoom out, and you can go at every angle. They didn't have that. Now they do. Kind of. It's a little judgy. But you can get really close. The closeness is good, because you couldn't get this... I mean, zooming right up in on somebody. And I think they went to all that effort for all that detail. And until now, you couldn't zoom in and watch somebody talk really close or zoom in on it. The objects are really super detailed. Um, Another thing is that when you finish a a quest... I don't know. I don't understand the game totally. Not the quest. Something else. Um, But that it doesn't just end your kingdom thing that you can continue and keep getting achievements you can keep getting experience points you can also go beyond number 10 on your experience thing which is awesome because I can get level, to 10, 10. Now, level 10 on a character person because I can do that now pretty quickly um, you know how you figure out all the how far on. beyond level 10 is it just it doesn't infinite? say I haven't tried that part yet but it just says you can go beyond level 10 on any character and um, so now I need to play for several hours to really so Enjoy. if you own The Sims Medieval, run the auto... Well, it'll auto-patch yeah, anyway. Yeah, yeah, patch so, it. And patch it. Definitely patch it, because it's not... Now, like a, if you're in the middle of a quest that you're really, really, really working hard on, or you're about done with it, this will delete it. And oh, it'll, it'll say, this is going to... Yeah, so patch it after you've done the quest. Yeah, finish what you're doing, and then uh, patch it. But uh, I have a feeling that not one single person who listens to this is playing Sims Medieval, except for me. But yeah. if you are, <laughs> it's um, very cool. It's a very fun, time-consuming game. I like it. 
Um, and the fourth uh, item on this list, uh, we lost a member of the family this week, and that was uh, one of another Xbox 360. Oh, is that part of the family? I see them as part of the family, my little consoles, but... Your um, family, then. <laughs> Xbox 360 Red Ringed. Doesn't really... N- number 13 for me. Uh, not, not 13 that have Red Ringed, but 13 that have had a problem of some sort. Think about five of them have Red Ringed. Usually other issues, like they don't read discs anymore or something else. But this one, actually Red Ringed, it's way out of warranty. I, I got it in 2006. So I decided to order the Red Ring of Death Fix-It Kit from Amazon. It only costs three ninety-five, And I'm good with taking things apart and fixing stuff. But can you put them back together? Electronic. So I bought it. It came from Amazon. I did exactly... I mean, I know what to do and I did it. And it didn't fix it. And I actually went to the trouble of doing it twice. Reapplying the thermal paste again and putting the new clamps on. But no, mine was... Apparently, from what I read, if if that thing doesn't fix it, it's actually... What happened to you, your Xbox was worse than a red ring of death. It was actually... Death, death. <laughs> yeah. The problem is um, they use lead-free solder on the board when they, make three, when they used to make the older 360s. After a while, it breaks down, and then there's no electrical um, connection between the GPU and the CPU... Hence, you get the red rings until the board has been resoldered. Now, you can't resolder the board yourself because it's microscopic level. You need a machine that can do it. The machine costs $50,000 or something. <laughs> so either a professional does it or you just up shit creek without a paddle. So it's I put it in the cupboard. I didn't throw it away. But, I mean, it is literally useless. But I thought... Well, maybe one of my other ones will need a new wireless controller port or something will break that I can just pull it off that. So I'll keep it for that reason. But I'm down to two 360s now. I've got two of them. Because I did have three. I'm down to two. I'm sure people's hearts are bleeding all over the place for you. Oh, I had three Xbox 360s and now I only have two. Well, it's still shitty that um, (laughs) they break, though. I mean... Oh, that's a whole separate issue, but I'm just saying... And you know what's funny? It's hard to feel bad When I went on the forums, uh, on the uh, NeoGAF's forums about Red Ring of Death, they have a whole thread on it. There's lots of people who bought the new one that came out, the new Slim, and there's that's Red Ring too. Lots of them. Yeah, but I it was am not co- shocked at but all. But it was completely fixed, remember? Brand new motherboard. Well, you don't know. They made a slim version of the 360, completely redesigned from the ground up, so the Red Ring of Death would not happen. Now, the Red Ring of Death cannot happen on that machine because it has no red lights. It flashes a green light instead. I think they did that on purpose so people couldn't say the Red Ring of Death anymore. But we all know what it is. But even the slim version is having problems. And I was very surprised to see that, to be honest. <clears throat> because I'd heard nothing about the red, uh, the um, slim ones. Anybody I know who's got a slim one have said it's been fantastic. I was almost tempted to get a slim one at one point because I knew there was no issues with them at all. And plus they're very, very quiet because they've got a big fan in them. But um, apparently there's problems with them also. So um, the fact that you're shocked is amazing to me. I was shocked because your I thought they fixed it. Optimism and your faith in people and companies. Is well, actually, how much do you hear about the Red Ring of Death anymore? Nothing. I never hear anything about. Yeah, because they've all been returned fifty times, or people gave up. Yeah, but I, you don't hear about it. You don't see it on the thing. You don't see because I thought the slim ones had literally fixed it, but they apparently have not because they're 
lots of people having problems with the slim ones. Which well, the is... green light of death hasn't caught on <laughs> as a term. <laughs> so yeah, that is. Uh, and the final item on my thing is uh, this Tuesday. It's the Call of Duty Black Ops Map Pack 2. I can't remember what it's called. Escalation, I believe it's called. Uh, contains four new multiplayer maps and an awesome... I don't generally like the zombie mode in um, Call of Duty. You're so cute. Do you know that? You're really adorable. Thanks. I mean, you're handsome and I love your enthusiasm. Well, I don't generally like the zombie mode in Call of Duty at all. Like, I've I've never really played it. It's kind of... I don't know. Stupid? No, not stupid. (laughs) Because I think it's kind of cool, but... I'm I'm more into the multiplayer, you know? But... They've gone over and above, and I told you on this multi- on this zombie mode that they've put in. It's a tribute to George Romero, who's basically the creator of zombie movies, right? He even argues, though he, he even dis- though he says he isn't, he disagrees with that. Yeah, I agree that he is. But obviously, the Black Ops team like zombie movies, and they've done this grindhouse style tribute to George Romero. And your four playable characters are. And they're not characters, they're people you'll know from these kind of movies. Danny Trejo plays Danny Trejo. Like, he's not a character, he's Danny Trejo, right? The thing is, he was only in one zombie-esque movie. Planet Dust Terror. Til- Dust Till Dawn. Was he in Planet Terror? Uh, I don't think so. I think he was. Machete. He was in the trailer, he wasn't in the movie, right? Yeah, he was Machete in the movie. I don't remember that. We've not seen it yet. I know Machete the movie. I'm saying in Planet Terror, he wasn't anybody. He did, did a trailer for Machete. Right, right, right. He wasn't a character in the movie. And so he was in Dust Till Dawn. That's it, though. As far as I know, that's the only zombie movie he's been in. So why he's such a big deal with these people, I don't know. Well, he's but. now a great... I guess also the tribute in Grindhouse movies, and okay. Machete is one. Um, so, yeah, Danny Trejo is Danny Trejo. Sarah Michelle Gellar is Sarah Michelle Gellar. And she literally looks like Buffy, so... So when you say her name, I don't even know until you say Buffy. And I'm like, oh, right, whatever. Right. Um, Michael Rooker as Michael Rooker who's he? he is Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer slash the walking dead guy on the roof oh the asshole yeah and stink stink palm yes (laughs) and um that's from all rats Robert England hardcore Kevin Smith Robert England as Robert England which we will best known as Freddy Krueger that's a pretty awesome lineup of fantasy kind of characters out of movies you would like to see in a kick-ass zombie movie. So she's playing Buffy? No, she's playing Sarah Michelle Gellar, but what she's wearing, she's pretty much Buffy. Do you get what I'm saying? Well, Buffy's just a teenage girl. I think probably they can't use Buffy, the name. Well, no, she grew up in during that series. Mm. You know, the TV series show. Right, um, right. So, I think she, they wanted her to be Buffy, but they can't use the word Buffy, so they just used her name. But um, the boss zombie in the in the level is George Romero himself. So, it looks really fun. It's like, it's a, it's called Call of the Dead. Why is it Call of Duty, though? Well, Call of Duty's like World War II, right? Yeah, Call of Duty's always had this Nazi zombie mode, which is, what, what worse than zombies, but Nazi zombies, right? So it kind of ties in with the World War II theme of Call of Duty. I'm going to ask a really inappropriate question now. Do Nazi zombies only eat dead Jewish people? No, I think they kosher. They, like, uh, then what makes them Nazis? Kosher? What's that? <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> I'm just saying. 
No, they, you can why tell. does why is it worse to be a Nazi zombie than any other kind of zombie? Unless you're also a prejudiced zombie, that yeah. makes you worse. But I figure zombies will just eat anybody. So how's it worse being a Nazi? A Nazi zombie? uniform. In so fact, they're... I'd rather see a Nazi become a zombie. That means they're mostly dead, right? Yeah, but not. But anyway, um, so the level it's a whole level of you playing these characters co-op online. You, you know, you can be one of these. I want to be Michael Rucker for some reason. I think he's going to have the best dialogue. You have di- some weird attachment to that guy. I think he's going to have the best dialogue. Because he's going to be a real asshole, isn't he? Like, completely. How do you know? You have no idea. I saw the trailer. Right. Yeah, I mean, he just looks like he has the best dialogue. And they have a lot of dialogue in these things. We saw in the last Call of Duty um, map pack, they had uh, the presidents. The zombies infest the White House and the presidents are in there. And it was like... JFK and Edgar Hoover. And they got the real guys to do the real voices. They did, yeah. <laughs> JFK was pretty odd because he was, you know. Uh, the All of them are dead. No, not all of them because Reagan was one of them, I think. He's dead. Is he dead? Yes. He's really? Very, he's very dead, yes. No, I'm not thinking of Reagan then. Clinton? Clinton's not dead. Was he in it? Yeah, it was. there was a, a modern day president in there. Bush? But there was also, no, it might have been Clinton. President Obama? No. Not yet. <laughs> um, but anyway... Yeah. I don't mean he's not dead yet. I mean, he's not in a video game yet. No, when he's dead, he might I don't want him to be dead. I like President Obama. By the way, I want anybody to know, I like our president. I think you've said that before. Not on this show, I haven't. And I'm saying it. Yeah. I say it on Facebook because I think a bunch of twats just constantly ream because they have no brain of their own to think on their own. I'm telling you, on my own, through my own watching and looking and reading and life experience, I like him as a president. I don't know him as a person. I like him as a president. So, um, Call of Duty Black Ops map pack number two, Escalation, is out, nice on tu- it's out on Tuesday. I think it's $15 as it always is. But like I said to you, if it's your game, you know what you're getting and you know that's your deal, right? I think this will be the last map pack if there's going to be a Call of Duty this year. I'm not even sure if there is. There's been no announcements. Maybe not. I think this might be the last map pack for Call of Duty Black Ops. I'm excited about the zombie mode because I don't generally play it, but this is the fact that they, like, it wasn't just, you know, some random characters. Well, it is kind of, but it's, like, interesting to me, especially because George Romero's involved. And he wrote the um, deal. Mm. And um, it's, I forgot to say, it's on a ship. It's in World War Two or something like that. And it's all in, got the grindhouse... Terry uppy kind of what do you call that like scratchy Green. looking film and stuff so just looks fun like in the film filter from when you're trying to make your own little edited film on yeah film like that, yeah. <laughs> video so uh, yeah that's out on Tuesday I'll tell you all about that next week and how good it was uh, I will play the zombie mode um, so Sid Talk what's for dinner if like we've might have already had dinner I feel we ate a little bit we're good well you don't have to eat anywhere, anything else because I'm that's starving. fine with me I'm starving I'm having whatever you decide to have Curry, because I stopped. Uh, my next subject will be that I went out of town yesterday, um, and on the way home I went to the lovely Indian restaurant. And oh my god, just thinking about it makes me want to stop right now. The curry is it. awesome from that restaurant. It's freaking awesome. I've also found another restaurant in that town, same town. Yeah, but this one is what we're focusing on because we know it's delicious. I will we give always you get that. the vegetable korma. We got the vegetable. I figure what yours is called. But it's like a creamy onion sauce with these shredded Veggie vegetables balls. made into not really balls, are they? They're like well, I got little eggs or something. 
Kind of. Duck eggs. Really delicious. And then I got the chickpea, the um, chana masala with chickpeas and like this spicy tomatoey sauce. And naan bread and papadums and chutney and <gasps> rice pudding for dessert. Yeah. A big cup of rice pudding. That sounds really... I ate a couple of bites of mine already and it's really sweet and got that... I told you not little... to double dip rice pudding. It's the worst thing to double dip. It's not for you. So I can double dip all That's I want. That's why I told you not to do it. How else do you eat something if you don't put your spoon back in it? You don't put it back in it. You put the you put some of the stuff in a bowl. We have two things of it. I got one. For well, you. I don't know. It's fine if there's two, but I didn't know. <laughs> and they're not. I mean, it's just a bowl of stuff. So tell me not to double dip in my own freaking house. I'm not five not years if old. I'm, not if I have to eat it. Yeah. Oh yes, because we want you to get my germs. Because we are married and all, and we don't do anything else that might spread germs from one to another, <clears throat> like kissing and touching and other marital things. You're crazy. I don't want to stick my finger up your ass and lick it either. I don't. So you're saying that me eating off a spoon and then eating off a spoon again is the same as you sticking your finger. A, I don't want that at all, let alone licking it. But oh my God, it is not similar. Is that what you people think in your minds, you germ freaks? You people. That me eating off a spoon is the same as you licking my asshole? That's crazy. Similar. It isn't even similar. (laughs) <laughs> oh my god that's hilarious I said I love you and I do but that is hilarious and then the next thing after that lovely dinner conversation the next thing is I went to my friends I didn't go to the prom kind of did but my friend's senior daughter well she's a senior this year she's going to her senior prom and I was going to go visit my friend anyway and she was doing her daughter's hair and the grandma came over and the other grandma came over and they curled the girl's hair and got to see the dresses and I took um, almost 400 pictures because I said I'm going to take pictures of everything all day every your makeup your getting your hair done the whole process and then we went to the Grand March which isn't something that was invented when I was in school now this is a small smallish town Okay, so a couple hundred people, parents and friends and whatnot, show up. They put this, it's not a red carpet, but it's like a black thing. Should be a red carpet. And they put some little fairy lights around it, as you call Perhaps them. Perhaps it Christmas was a red lights. carpet, but it's dirty. It wasn't. It was a black thing. And then all the kids line up in the other part of the gym, and they put a big wall of, like, this castle thing up. You know, proms are kind of frilly like that. And then they announce the kids, pair by pair, you know, here's Miss... You know, SidTalk.com, escorted by AScully.com. And then, like, 10 or 12 people go, yeah, Scully, yeah. And a couple of people go, yeah, SidTalk, woo. And then everybody else Is there anybody who got no applause at all? Nobody. No, no, everybody got some applause, but not everybody got hoops and hollers. Mm. And then, of course, as with every single high school event that I've ever gone to, and there aren't many, maybe over the course of my adult life, maybe 10 to 20. That includes a baseball game, or, I mean, football, you know. Basketball, graduations, prom events-ish, um, anything that has to have a loudspeaker, you know, not a loudspeaker, but a sound system, that at some point during the process, the squeals, it stops working. Oh. And then you all of a sudden hear the really squeaky, like, <laughs> and everybody's like, what? What did they say? Then the guy, Kixie's <laughs> is the principal guy. And he's back in the other part of the gym. Then he steps out of the door and he yells everybody's name. Right. Sid Dog and I 
like, and you can barely hear him because it's like a big jam that he's in, you know, and that's hilarious. Then they get the thing fixed and then it's sort of ropey and then it does this weird bassy sound all of a sudden and everybody's like, uh, it's like trembling. So that made it kind of interesting. Um, the lights were all off and all they had were Christmas lights along the floor. So you could barely, they had a spotlight on them, but you could barely see them, which I felt was unfair because some of these dresses, I'm telling you, kind of amazing. When I was in school, the prom dresses were all big, foo-foo, like, uh, gone with the wind looking, right? All of them. Big, poofy, top poofy sleeves, flowery shit, blue, pink, white, yellow, kind of hit this bar. These girls had the widest variety of dresses. We're not in the 80s anymore. I know, but I'm saying you would think every decade kind of had its vibe, right? Um, They were all so different. You had sequins, you had the girls who wanted to be like really sexy, unfortunately, for 17, 18 years, really super tight with cutouts well, down the side. 17 and 18 year old, they could be strippers. No, you can't be a stripper unless you're 21. Really? That's right, because you, you have to work, well, depends on where you work, I suppose. But these girls aren't strippers. You could be They're a hooters teenage waitress. Girls. <laughs> uh, no, because you have to sell beer and you can't sell beer until you're 21. All right. As far could as be I know. A hooker. As far as I know. You could be a hooker. <laughs> Not these. What's wrong with Could you? Could be a teenage prostitute. Are you British or something? Because you don't get this. I'm just saying these girls were having some mixed dresses, but it was interesting to look at. I took loads of pictures of them, and then we hung out afterwards. And then we went back. We had Mexican food. I had a 99 cent margarita that was really delicious. And I spent the day with my friend who I don't normally get to. They don't make the effort enough. And the lesson of this is, I had a great time, even though it's completely unrelated to me. I don't have kids. I don't go to prom. But it was really fun, and I got to, was enlightened about a little bit of her, the people that surround her, and some of it, in my mind, you know, how you're so protective of your good, maybe not, I don't know about dudes, but you get really super protective of your friends over the years. She's been my friend since I was 13 years old, 14. And, you know, when I see anybody or anything that I'm not super fantastically fond of, I sort of have to step back and go, it's not my life, it's not my life. (laughs) I love her dearly, and she had a really bad backache, so I felt so super bad for her, but I couldn't manipulate her or do anything to her, and um, that was a really nice time, and then I stopped on the way home and got the curry. And the meaning of life is, um, if you have to walk across the Himalayas, you might survive and spend more time with your friends. um, It's not the meaning of life, really, those are just life lessons for you. Yeah, you might want to take a big bottle of water. If you trek across the Himalayas, you might find the meaning of life. And if you spend time with your friends, you will definitely find the meaning of life. And make sure you have a big bottle of water before you go. Big bottle of water and some... Fudge crackers. Fudge. I'm thinking granola. Something like that. Some seeds and berries. Seeds, berries, dried fruit. Um, I'm not an advocate of the beef jerky. I think that it might... I'm not saying it wouldn't keep you alive, but it sounds really super salty to me. And other things have more nutrients like nuts and berries. These people didn't have that option. I would say if I'm in their situation, I would eat anything that crossed my path. There's a part where they kill an animal. And I said to you, I'm not really into, you know, we don't eat meat. I said, I'm not really into killing animals. But in that situation, (laughs) you can kill that animal. It's fine. (laughs) Because there's really nothing else to... uh, Yeah, because you don't know about anything else. Like, I wouldn't know what berries and seeds In fact, there's a couple... Not just one animal. This is a reptile. You can kill some animals in this movie because yeah. you are at death's door, basically, if you don't. So, um, is that your lot? Yeah. So, thanks for listening to the show. I want to remind you about the website, aschoolie.com, sitsout.com. You can catch us both on Twitter. I'm at aschoolie, you're at sidtalk. You can catch us on... I don't say much. Do you not? I say something at least once a day. 
Not unless when I do other things. Like maybe when I watch a video and like it on YouTube, it might post on there. I don't know. Oh, I don't remember. I say stuff. So Clever. Clever of you to participate in such a social phenomenon. Um, you can catch us on Facebook, Xbox Live, YouTube. You can catch this podcast on the Zoom Marketplace, the iTunes Music Store. Or just go to ascully.com, A-S-C-U-L-L-Y.com. Click on the word podcast and subscribe uh, or listen on the page. There's uh, RSS options galore. You can email feedback to me at ascully at ascully.com. Uh, don't email Sid Talk. She uh, doesn't care one way or the other. Like she doesn't care about Twitter or... Um, I didn't say I don't care about it. Well, she won't reply, is what I'm saying. <laughs> Just like you don't reply on Twitter. If you send me a message on Twitter, you never know. And uh, I want to say stay classy, drink lots of water, and um, make sure you got a banana in your pocket, something like that. <laughs> Wherever you go. Yeah. Have some nuts, fruits, banana water. Was that your stay classy comment? Yes. And I'm going to say think for yourself, everyone, because if you don't, you're going to be oppressed by a political regime and have to go across the Himalayas in the middle of... Winter with no food or nuts or bananas or anything. So think for yourself. Someone will do it for you. <laughs>